This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Zach has the day off, uh, so we have uh, brought in an expert to help us make sense of it all in a crazy, rapidly changing world in Arkansas. Andrew Hutchinson is here from Best of Arkansas Sports to help us make sense of the wildest week around here in quite some time, Andrew. Is that a fair thing to say? It's a very fair thing to say. I, I know that because I am exhausted. <laughs> yes. I, I, I need I need a couple days where I can just lay around and do nothing. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, the uh, off season for football, especially in the portal season, just uh, that, that doesn't happen. Right, right. And the portal season is um, very soon uh, ramping up here. I mean, it, it there's... We were t- I was talking about that yes- yes yesterday with Chuck where, uh, you know, some places get a coaching search. Every place gets now portal season where you're, like, just keeping up with all. It's a revolving door. People leaving. Who's thinking about coming here? Who's not thinking about coming here? And and anytime anybody um, says they're leaving a particular school, every fan base in the country thinks, do you think we can get them? <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's another part of it, too, that's unique. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's it, I say it's fun. Uh, if if I wasn't covering it, uh, uh, having to write about it all the time, it would be very fun to watch because it's it's like it's like recruiting but condensed into like a two week period, three week period, maybe maybe a month, I guess. But like that first couple of weeks, it is just jam packed. Guys coming, guys leaving, and as you said, I mean, who who's gonna who who would Arkansas look at? I mean, everyone's all fired up about the the Texas A&M receiver Evan Stewart going in the portal or whatever, and uh, you know his, his title, Bobby Petrino, he likes him. Is he gonna come? I mean, it it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's an automatic. Anybody that leaves there is obviously coming here, and maybe that'll happen. But there's just there's no way of knowing um, until these things um, play themselves out. I guess uh, I, we got one of our um, our listeners, Be, um, reminded me. To, I need to point this out before we start. Uh, Hutch did not bring his laptop. So we do not have a spreadsheet unless you have spreadsheets on your phone, which could could happen, I suppose. I do. But he has his phone, but no no laptop today, so no spreadsheet update. I do have the uh, the Google Sheets app on there my you phone go. Okay. where I have got all of these right here. Yeah. You know, anytime I need them, I can pull them up. So don't so, worry. So he does have spreadsheets uh, available, just uh, not on the laptop today. Um, how did this happen? This Petrino uh thing. How, how did we get here? It's amazing. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I made this comment the other day. Imagine going back in time to, let's say, like right before the 2015 season and saying, listen here, Arkansas fan, your head coach is your offensive line coach right now. <laughs> and he just hired as his offensive coordinator, Bobby Petrino. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, in a couple of years, you're going to play Arkansas State at War Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Right. I mean, just the, 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 just so that's why I'm like nothing really surprises me these days, no. just because everything seems to be happening. But the Petrino news did kind of catch me off guard when I saw that pop up. The, I guess it was the ESPN report that they were vetting him. Uh, I think that was Tuesday. I was just like, really? Like, is this actually going to happen? I mean, because I had written about Petrino over the weekend, believe it or not, on Saturday. Actually, I had reached out to the U of A and just to get clarification on that policy that forbids, you know, prohibits rehiring somebody that was fired with cause because you would i'd seen so many people arguing back and forth like oh they can't hire him and people like oh well that that policy doesn't apply to him because it was created after he was fired right stuff like that so i tried to get clarification so it turns out that it did apply to him however there is a an exception where you can get special approval from the chancellor and i wrote about that on saturday and i think i even wrote it like it seems unlikely because it would be it would mean, you know, not only you have to go through that whole process of getting special approval and the, all the extra vetting and all that kind of stuff, but it would also bring to light that period of time of your school that uh, was not exactly the best. And I didn't think that they would want that national attention, but apparently they don't care. And uh, it they got the national attention that uh, that I knew would come if they made such a hire. Well, I would say most of the fans don't care either about no. uh, about all of this. Um some do. Um, there are people who we've heard from that are not uh, that, that are not thrilled about this. I mean, they'd be happy to see wins and, and on and on and on. But I mean, the, the thing that struck me is like, I don't like when this place 
lives in the rearview mirror and not in the windshield. There has to be um, somebody out there forward thinking that could be could have brought been brought here to to lead the offense. Now, I also think this, Hutch. I don't think this is a very desirable opportunity because Sam Pittman, they go four and eight next year. Everybody's going to get thrown out. So I don't think there were a lot of, of those types of people that I just mentioned that may have thrown their hat in the ring for an offensive coordinator a job here at Arkansas. I think you're exactly right. And how many of them would sell tickets? I think that's a major well, factor in there's, this whole there's, thing. There's hardly offensive coordinators anywhere that'll sell yeah. tickets. Just just here. Bobby, one of one. Bob, yeah. Bobby Petrino. Right. He, he, he is going to sell tickets because, I mean, you look at the attendance for those last couple of games, even the announced attendance, which we all know is not actually right. the attendance, was really, really low. I mean, that that Missouri game was, I believe I tweeted out, it's the fourth lowest SEC attendance uh, for an Arkansas game since they expanded the stadium in 2001. So it, it you were going to need to find somebody to generate some excitement. And you could bring in this young hotshot offensive coordinator. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about the UNLV guy, Brendan Marion. I think he would have been fantastic. But would he have generated the excitement that a Bobby Petrino did? Um, and, and again, you know, how many guys are going to come to a, a job where it may only be a one-year deal? So right. I, I think that that had a lot to do with it, just the the excitement that it would generate amongst the fan base. Yeah, and I also think that in football, um, certainly recently, it's more about generating excitement than generating results. That's more important to them over there than the results because we have not seen results, but we've seen plenty of excitement. I mean, Chad Morris, people were excited. Bielema, people were excited for a while. I mean, they they are very good at this part of the of winning the offseason. During the season, at least since the league has expanded, or since you know Bobby got fired back in uh in early 2012, it, it hasn't played out on the field like it has with the hype leading into the season as much. And who knows? I mean, Petr- uh, Sam Pittman did show some promise. I mean, he was a lot better than anyone could have ever imagined right out of the gate. You know, the, even winning three games in year one, all the circumstances, people were excited. They were happy. The next year, obviously, their best season since Bobby Vitrino in 2021. Uh, so, I mean, they, maybe maybe we're not giving Sam Pittman quite enough credit in that he, he has shown that they can win some games. And I even think that the 6-6 the six and six year uh, in 2022 – it's a little bit skewed because, you know, if KJ's healthy, they probably win at least two more games. And you're looking at another 8-4 and four season, and it's like, okay, back-to-back 8-4 and four in the regular season, that's pretty that's pretty good, especially at Arkansas. Uh, but this year they did go 4-8. and eight. You can't ignore that. No, no. I think I think 8 should be the number people focus on because with a bowl win, that's 9. And people go, will go nuts over a 9-win season. Maybe one, every now and then you get 9, and with the bowl game you'd win 10. That would be that needs to be the uh, the normal, but that's not that that's not what people view as normal. People think they are on uh, the par with uh, with other programs, and they should win ten. And if they don't, then it's time to blow everything up and start over uh, again. So, uh, but I don't know. Um, my thing about Petrino, like we've been talking about Hutch, like he didn't recruit for, like at, very well at all. I mean, he he hit it out of the park the first year here. With all those kids from Warren and you know and Tyler Wilson and, and on and on Joe Adams, but after that, people don't understand. 2012 was not going to be the title year, even if he had stayed, because there were already like the foundation was in trouble to begin with because of the lack of recruiting the three years prior to that. Exactly, they they wouldn't have gone four and eight with Petrino, but they definitely were not going to win the national championship that year. I don't think they were going to win double digit games that year. Yeah, and I mean look at what happened in 2013, Brett's first year. Obviously, you're changing systems and stuff, but he didn't have anything to work with. He had to build up through recruiting, which he did for a little bit, and then, again, it fell off near the end of his tenure, and it's kind of like a cycle. So uh, you, you've got to do it through recruiting at Arkansas, and you know we haven't had anybody do that you know, consistently uh, during, I, I guess, the modern recruiting era, uh, recruiting rankings era. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Hutchinson for Best of Arkansas Sports with us for the hour here. Uh, you can text us or call us on the McClarty Dental Hotline at 866 866- Two eight five, four zero zero five. We'll talk about who you who you brought with you here in a little bit as well here uh, to this uh, to this program today. But a couple of news items of the day that I want to get your take on real quick. Number one, uh, Cody Kennedy is apparently leaving, reportedly going to Mississippi State. Uh, everybody out there is thrilled. My experience has been sitting in this chair every time. Everybody out there is thrilled. It's probably not a good thing that that the guy has left, but that's just my experience. 
but it, they don't like him. It's and it's also hard to know with an offensive line coach because I mean, remember everyone felt this way about Kurt Anderson with with Bielema, and all he did was he went and and coached at Northwestern and had all these great offensive lines, produced first round picks and everything like that. It's like, well, yeah. wait a second, everyone here wanted him fired, mm-hmm. and I mean, who knows? I I think I'm pretty sure Cody Kennedy is a good coach. Yeah. We saw the last two years he was a good coach. I mean, a couple of years ago he was a semifinalist for the Broyles Award. But again, it was a really bad year. The offensive line this past year was atrocious. And so, I mean, I get the frustration and the outrage from the fans. So I, I get it. What was it? I mean, you're down there every day. Like, what was it? What, did they just miss on guys? Was it injuries? Like, what, what, how, how, did, how did the, particularly at the tackle spot, how did they just never figure that out this year? Man, I don't know. They just they didn't have anybody waiting in the wings. It seemed like because everyone that they, st- I mean, before I actually looked this stat up during the year, whenever the offensive line was going so bad, uh, the first four years, I guess how many years? 2020, 21, 22. So I guess the first three years of Pittman's tenure, almost every single start on the offensive line was by a player that he had inherited from Chad Morris and even a few holdovers from the the Brett Bielema era. And I think there had only been two, and those were both by Tykees Crawford. Uh, but then this year, there was only a handful of starts by guys that were inherited. I mean, Bo Limmer, Brady Latham were still holdovers, but everyone else were guys that they recruited, they brought in. But and they and the other thing too that's crazy is that they've they've recruited well statistically, you know, by recruiting rankings on the offensive line, way better than they had the the time between when Pittman first left as the offensive coordinator and Pittman's return. They recruited so poorly on the offensive line in terms of recruiting rankings. Like, no four stars, barely any high three stars. And then since Sam Pittman's come back, they've done nothing but high three stars and four-star recruits. They just, I don't know if they just haven't developed them or or what. I mean, the offensive line is a really hard spot to kind of evaluate, but it just has not developed. And I think that was the biggest issue. They didn't have anybody developed and ready. Maybe they should have gone and tried to find a tackle in the the portal or something last Mm -hmm. offseason. Uh, because they just they didn't have the guys they needed at those spots. Yeah, and then the other thing, uh, Cam Little is um, uh, going in the portal uh, today. I mean, I don't know what else he could accomplish here in his time uh, at Arkansas. Or no, he's not going to the portal. He's going to the NFL draft. Uh, he's going to the NFL draft. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, you know, again, people are still we're still kind of new to this whole people leaving early and it kind of hurting feelings thing, but this is a normal part of the way football works now. And uh, like I said, I don't know what else he could accomplish here that he didn't accomplish. I mean, he, he pretty much did it all. Yeah. I mean, if he had come back, he probably would have held every major kicking record here at Arkansas. He was already number two in a lot of them. Uh, but if, if he had come back, he could have broken some records, but that's about it. I mean, he was already, I think that he's number, the number one kicker on Mel Kuyper's rankings, you know, position wise. So, I mean, uh, they've already they already view him as an NFL prospect. I think it was about halfway through the season when I started wondering, like, is is Cam Little going to declare as a junior? And mm-hmm. lo and behold, uh, he did that today. I mean, he's he's. I wish him the best of luck. I think he's one that, you know, yes, it hurts that he's leaving early because you love him. He was a great representative of of the team, popular the guy, popular guy. Yeah. I mean, did all the the donations and raising money mm-hmm. and everything like that for charity. So great guy. So I think everyone's gonna love him, but it does it does kind of stink to see him move on because he was just so reliable. He was so good, and I think he's he's perfect for the NFL. Yeah, and that's a tough spot to be popular at because like usually when you miss, they start to turn on you. But you just didn't miss very often, so there was never that opportunity for people to kind of uh, to turn on him like they have on uh, other players in the past. So um, really consistent, um, great player, and uh, yeah, declaring for the NFL draft today so I don't know I don't know when kickers go in the draft I don't know I know um that um Brian Suckup was Mr. Irrelevant many years ago when he was taken by the Chiefs but I don't know but uh Sebastian Janikowski was a first round pick that's right that's right uh, but yeah. yeah it was Al Davis though but I mean yes that's right he was was the first round pick I, I guess maybe fourth fifth round something like that yeah usually day three guy or something yeah. like that yeah but uh yeah what a what a great uh what a great player for them uh you know we're sitting here during this uh, season, and people are like, "This is the best player on the team," and you know, if it was in ter- if it's a results-oriented business, it was hard to argue with that. But yeah, that's what that, that tells you how the season went when people think the kicker was the best player on the team, and he was great. But I don't know if he's the best player on the team even this season. 
Do you need a reliable roofing company that you can call at a moment's notice? United Roofing and Waterproofing is the answer to your issue. Joey Vivano and his team service commercial, residential, and industrial roofs. Consultations are always free, and you can schedule them online at unitedrw.com. Call Joey at 479-312-7369. That's 312-7369. You can also check out United Roofing and Waterproofing on Facebook and Instagram. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Better Game Planner. Muscleman. Or Petrino? I feel like it's Musselman uh, in terms of just strict game planning. I mean, basically right. everything we've heard of what goes into it and everything like that. I mean, obviously, Bobby Petrino is, and I think if we're talking just in-game play calling, you know, maybe you could go with Petrino on that. Uh, but I just feel like, I mean, I think they're both kind of crazy. I mean, you kind of have to be to be a really successful yes. coach. Yes. Uh, but I just think Eric Musselman is just, just so much uh, – I mean, for, on, on all aspects too. Because I mean, you know, you know, Bobby's probably just focusing mostly on the the offense. I mean, especially as the offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, even you know, probably just letting his defensive coordinator handle the defense. But I think Muss has like got his hand on everything, and yeah. I just I, I I feel like it's Musselman in terms of just game planning. Well, I was present once when Bobby Petrino yelled at his defensive coordinator for screwing up his practice. So uh, that that was a, a long time ago, and of course he's changed. Because that's what all of you believe. Um, you know, the thing, first of all, two brilliant choices. I mean, not not knocking one or the other, whichever way you decide on this. This is why, it, to me, it's a fun discussion because it's like, you know, it's like filet mignon or, or prime rib. Like, these are two excellent, no, nobody's baloney in this, in this particular conversation. But, man, you give Musselman, what they have, four or five days and... You know, the schedule's been out a while. They've had longer than four or five days to prepare for Duke. And, it, you know, we've seen it in game ones of the NCAA tournament weekend. You know, the, the game in the SEC tournament where there's that extended time to prepare. There's not a, I don't care how much, to, even when he hasn't watched as much film as he watched, apparently, according to him going into this Duke game. It's just, it's it's a clinic. There's no one more prepared that I can think of than uh, than Eric Musselman is for these games. It's amazing. And they almost always do the things that they focus on, too. Like, I mean, if they are focusing on limiting, you know, the opposing team three-point shooting or uh, you want to draw a lot of fouls or whatever, they seem to almost always do it. They did struggle a little bit early on, you know, this year. I mean, the Greensboro game comes to mind, but uh, I feel like they usually do a good job. They do a good job shutting down the other team's you know, best player. They did a really good job against Zach Eady. Again, I know that was an exhibition, but I don't think either team really treated it like a true no, exhibition. Nor did the fans. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they did a really good job. Uh, I know Filipowski ended up with pretty good numbers, but, you know, early on, especially, you know, before Chandler Lawson got into foul trouble, you know, they really did a good job against him. Uh, you know, they they just, you know, here's, how about this first stat? Arkansas under Musselman is 7-8 and eight against top 10 teams. That's mm. a really good record. Yeah. That is really, really good. It's the best winning percentage against AP top 10 teams in school history. Better wow. than Nolan, better than Eddie. And it's... it's Better than Pelfrey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I want to say maybe it's Pelfrey. Pelfrey may have actually had a somewhat of a decent record, like three and four or something like that. He didn't really have very many opportunities. Right. He was the coach when they beat Texas and Oklahoma in, a in week, the same right? week, yeah. right? So, I mean, that, yeah. that's that's two of them right there. Yeah, uh, take those out, and it's not near as good. But uh, yeah, they he he's done an incredible job against these really really good teams. They seem to always step it up, and I mean, they always have an advantage, in my opinion, just because of Musselman's game planning. Here's the reason too that I, I think he's successful because now there are things that he is stubborn on. There there are, but every coach is. But it seems like there are also a stack of things that, and if it doesn't work after a game, let's scrap it and try something else. He does not try to do the same thing that didn't work over and over and over again. You know, if they, you know, 
Wasn't it the, the Greensboro game where he's like, well, back to the drawing board? Like, I mean, he's this is a, this is a successful mind at work here because so many times, well, I mean, Enos is trying to do all this stuff that doesn't work, and he keeps trying to do the same thing that doesn't work over and over and over again. That's the frustration, and that's why he was ousted in the middle of the season. But with Musselman, like there again, there are things he's stubborn on. He's going to play the clock game with 10 minutes to go if they've got a double-digit lead. Um, you know, he's not going to go zone. You know, we, we know the list. But there are also a larger amount of things, Hutch, where if, if it's not working, all right, we're going to scrap it. We're going to try something else next time because that did not work. He doesn't He doesn't get stuck on those, on certain things like that. Yeah, he's always tinkering with the starting lineup, tinkering mm-hmm. with the rotation. Uh, you know, He says that after every game. I think it was after that Greensboro game. I asked him, I was like, how frustrating because he was just going on and on about it's the same stuff that we've been struggling with. And I asked, was like, how frustrating is that that you it's the same things and it's not, you know, just different issues popping up here and there. He's like, it's very frustrating. And he said that we're going to have to go back and, and see what we're doing and see how to fix it. Right. And I have, and I, you know, people are freaking out like, oh my gosh, we lost to Greensboro. This is the worst thing ever. But I, I was still pretty calm about it, even after they played the way they did in, in uh, the Bahamas. It's like this is Eric Musselman. He's going to figure it out. If there if there is a solution, he will find it. You know, even last year, last year's team was not that great through the regular season, and all they did was make it to the Sweet Sixteen. The other thing that people um, that follow this closely understand that maybe you know you fly into basketball from football as a fan, you don't quite understand. Okay, Greensboro could in the tournament like be a fourteen over a three, or like they could be like. Well, Furman coming in here Monday night. They beat Virginia in the tournament. Like, the name, you can't always, you certainly can't play the name game in this sport because what is what is the, one of the most exciting parts of this sport? In March, when Furman beats Virginia. So, that team, it wasn't an accident when when one of these teams gets an upset in the NCAA tournament. That's it's a good team. So, um, you can't play the name game. I mean, you could see... Um, the, the team that they lost to is picked second in that league. I think Furman's picked to win that league coming in here on on Monday night. So people get caught up in the name, but they don't realize, you know, this is the sport. It's a, it's a one-shot deal, just like the tournament. And these are not, you know, these are not tomato cans coming in here on on this schedule in the non-con. Exactly. And they, they purposely schedule those teams that are going to finish in the top one or two in their league because, I mean, Realistically, yes, you should beat most of them, so they should be wins, but it's also going to help you when the net rankings come out. Yes. And it's a, it's a numbers game, and I think they've done a really good job with that. I mean, the, the year when, I think it was the first year Arkansas made the run to the Elite Eight, you know, they had played North Texas, Oral Roberts, and Abilene Christian in, mm-hmm. in the non-conference, and everyone criticized, like, this non-conference schedule sucks. Well, guess what? All three of those teams pulled off first-round upsets in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So they, they know what they're doing. Anthony Ruda does a pretty good job yeah. with the schedule. And there's also a component, you know, the league doesn't let you just schedule a crap non-con schedule because the league knows that's going to hurt the league in terms of getting, you know, teams in and, and on and on. If it comes down to seven or eight or, you know, maybe even a ninth team uh, gets in. So the league has parameters, too, that you have to go by. The scheduling thing is tough because you want to, like, you want to win, but you want to have some, you don't want it to be, you know, a, a runaway necessarily. You want to have stuff that you can work on, and then you've also got to fulfill the, you know, the league and make them happy that your your schedule isn't too easy. So there's a lot of moving parts there that they have to deal with. But um, that thing the other night was uh, was was amazing with Duke. I, I was amazed, Hutch. We we've been in a lot of games. Now I'll get your opinion on this. Like, there's a lot of times there's a moment where like a bad call happens and the crowd like turns and you can't get them back. But that crowd was so positive the whole time. Like, they were mad about a call, but then they moved on. And it 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 helped because the place didn't get, you know, too dark, too down, and, and it rub off uh, on the team getting more and more frustrated, muscling getting more and more frustrated, et cetera. What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there were there were opportunities for that to happen, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there was one, one call. On, I want to say it was Brazil got called for a foul that was just totally just a Terrible, terrible call. I mean, I even put it on Twitter. It was a BS call, uh, and I didn't use BS. <laughs> and that, that's rare for me. Uh, I don't typically do that. It was that bad of a call. But they they got over it, as you said, and, and it, was just, it was just a consistent, loud, 
fans were always on their seats, uh, and it was it was it was fun. It was and that atmosphere was was pretty pretty great. It, it, there were a lot of a uh, lot of uh, you know the, stu- the where the media sits right there by the students and, yeah. and the students were you know on their game. There were a lot of uh, curse words thrown at Duke uh, from <laughs> pregame warmups through the end of the game. That was right. they they were they were they did as you expect students to do. Uh, and just the the whole crowd itself was was fantastic. It was uh, I did, I wasn't sure if they would storm the court, but then as it started getting closer and closer, and all the students came started coming down, I was like, okay, yeah, this this is gonna happen. So, <laughs> did you wonder what I was wondering, which was, you know, the people are filling the aisles, coming down from the uh, the top deck to to get ready to rush the court, but the league is the the lead is shrinking, and I'm wondering like, okay, should Duke tie this. Where are these people going to go? Are they going back up? Like, what are they staying here for overtime? What What are they going to do? <laughs> I, I was starting to get worried. I was like, man, these people. I mean, it was like one eleven left in the game. Mm-hmm. It was still like a manageable distance. Like, man, this this game ain't over. Yeah, it was like a couple possessions or seven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and plus, I mean, Arkansas was not exactly handling the press very well. No, no, and they were not. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, I, I was starting to get a little bit worried. I was starting yeah. to get a little bit worried. Yeah, it was like a seven point game right around then too. Seven, and then you know. Five and I'm like, ooh, this is this is something. Obvious. I like. Let me ask you this: I like that they're not playing tomorrow because total hangover effect from the Duke game. Monday gives you a little more time to maybe flush that out of your system and be ready to go. And like we said, if they're not ready to go, Furman can come in here and win. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I think it's it's really good too because I mean you got another top twenty five. I don't know what the AP poll. I don't know what Oklahoma's done, but. They were they're a top twenty five team right now, mm-hmm. and that's that's next Saturday. So you, it's not like you can, you know, if it was Saturday, I would I would feel like that would be a total trap game. And we saw it a yeah. little bit with Greensboro because it was right before they went to the Bahamas. And so hopefully, as you said, a little extra time will will allow them to to focus in and and not take it lightly. Yeah, yeah. We've got Andrew Hutchinson here in the uh, studio. Best of Arkansas sports. Here, as uh, Zach is out today, this is Ruskin and Zach on ESPN Arkansas and on hitthatline.com. I'm trying to look up um, Oklahoma here. Uh, they don't play again till Tuesday. They host Providence in the Big East Big 12 battle over at the Lloyd Noble Center. So that's uh, that's what they've got uh, coming up here. But, yeah, 7-0, and ranked 25th going into the week. Arkansas, I, I know... This doesn't matter in the big picture, but it matters in the in the short term to people. Arkansas gets ranked next week, don't they? After beating Duke, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else everyone else has done. I mean, we're still early in the season, so there's going to be some undefeated teams that maybe Arkansas is probably better than, but they're they're undefeated. Maybe they got one good win. Uh, so yeah, it's it's hard to really put too much stock into the the rankings this early. But three losses with one of them being to Greensboro, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they're unranked. But they they did beat Duke. Uh, that yeah. that should carry a lot of weight. Yeah, is that is it too early to look at the quads on that uh, Greensboro <laughs> loss or or whatever? Or well, the I saw the first net rankings come out on Monday. Okay, so that that will be something I look for is where Greensboro falls. Yeah, uh, probably going to be a quad three. Uh, yeah, just because I think with it being at, at Bud Walton, I think they got to be top seventy five for it to be quad two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, Arkansas fans need to be rooting for Greensboro this year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It does help out in the aggregate with all of the, uh, and, you know, here's the other thing people are always talking about. They're not going to talk about the Purdue game in the committee room, are they? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. People <laughs> think they are because they won. But I don't think they talked about the Texas game last year in the committee room, and we know how that went with it's, Arkansas and Texas yeah. and that exhibition. I made the comment at the Duke game. I said, it's going to be really, really awkward when Purdue and Duke are playing for the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say such a thing, Hutch? Could be a negative. That, that would be a very Arkansas thing, would it not? Yeah. Man. The cynicism came for you too, huh? <laughs> we got DQ and now we got Hutch. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, the first person uh, the first person to text me when they showed Bobby and Sam on TV uh, the other night was DQ. And, and it was uh, like, you know, he doesn't look happy. And I'm like, DQ, what are we doing? <laughs> So negative all of a sudden. What I don't think she here? was the only one that thought that, though, based on everything I was reading. No, that's no, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. What did she say here? I got, um, uh, let's see here. Um, can I read this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look at that smug look on Bobby's face. 
the face of someone who hoodwinked an entire state. Twice. That's I what, forgot I said that. That's what DQ wrote. That's not me. I forgot DQ I said that. DQ wrote that. He did look like the cat that ate the canary, though, but that's a, that's a whole other deal. Well, all right. DQ, man. I can't believe it. We've, we've corrupted her. Hutch is cynical now. Man, what happened around here? <laughs> all right. It's 20 minutes now until the hour. Um, by the way, uh, Hutch's family came with them today. And uh, what, they make it half of one segment out there? Yeah. We were so interesting in what we were doing in they, here? They almost made it to that first segment. <laughs> almost. But who, who came with you? Yeah, so it was my wife, Marley, and then my two daughters, uh, four-year-old Holly and uh, four-month-old Annie. So yeah. Holly was very interested. She came in here. She was looking at the mics, wanting to talk into it. And I was like, eh, let's, let's, let's get away a little bit. Let's try to be quiet. But <laughs> she, was, she was very excited to see what Daddy does for work, even though this isn't you know, my full-time job. Right, right. <laughs> And it was so interesting that after a couple of minutes, like, I want to leave. <laughs> she acted okay. just like I acted with my dad who sells insurance. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or me hanging around at dry cleaners when, when, when I was with my dad. I don't want to be in here. I want to be in the office playing on the computer. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. It's time to go to the McClarty Daniel hotline. He makes picks. You make money. It's uh, going to the ATM with Sterling brought to you by Rockman Construction and uh, Sterling. Good afternoon. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, anybody that took the Cowboys last night, we, we took them off. Uh, took them off last night, but we was, we was right there. We was right there. Cowboys just didn't quite get over the hump. Hey, you know, you know, you now I didn't sit on a game. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't one of my favorite games. It's one of those standalones, you know, you don't got nothing to do type play. It wasn't a, a make money play. It was a, you know, pass the time type play. But, you know, they came back, they had a chance to get that backdoor cover at the end of 30 and 3. And anybody with any sense, and normally I would like run the ball. They don't have any time after us run this clock down. The Cowboys getting a shotgun, you're like, you might get it. <laughs> and then they throw. Uh, I mean, gosh, dog, run the ball in. What are we doing here? Hey, Sterling. Before we get into yeah. this, can you can you switch off your headset, ma'am? You're kind of fading in and out on us. Naturally, naturally, I got it. All right, because we want everybody to get all this, uh, all the intel here. Before the weekend. How about that? That sounds good. Okay. So we're uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, we got six college games here, and one is coming up here in a couple hours. And we'll start with that one, the final Pac-12 title game. Oregon, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in uh, there playing in Vegas against uh, the Washington Huskies, Sterling. Guys, that, that, game, that game scares me for so many reasons. First off, the number... When they, the first time they played, Washington was three-point favorite at home. The old Miss out there, they say they get three game, three points to the home team. 
So if that's the case, three points to the home team against three, if it would have been uh, even, it would have been a pick on a neutral. Now we're on a neutral, and they dang near 10-point favorite. Yeah. What has changed? I know Pennix has not played the same way as he played earlier in the season. The first six games, he had 20 touchdowns, three interceptions, a QBR of 92. The last six, 12 touchdowns, five interceptions, a QBR, a, a QBR of 67.8. But two of those games was in pouring rain. Uh, I just don't understand how this how this line got like this. So, normal times, I would say, if we don't understand it, we go with we go with the people that know something that we don't. Because of the high stakes of this ball game, it's just hard for me to believe that that they that Washington's going to get boat raised. We're gonna take these. We're gonna take these points. These nine and a half points. But if anybody want to go and take, or I, I go take Oregon, you'll be doing one of my cardinal rules. You will be obeying the law. I'm I'm breaking my own rule here by taking Washington. If you don't understand it, you don't know how this team could get so many points. You take that team. You don't ask questions. You just take that team. I'm gonna go against that philosophy tonight. I may wish I hadn't, but. I'm going to try it tonight. Okay. Okay. So you got Washington there getting uh, the nine and a half. Okay. Uh, first game tomorrow at Jerry World, Texas, 14 and a half point favorite against Oklahoma State. Texas need to win big to take any of this talk of whatever might happen in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz. Win this game big. You you would you you would prevent them taking Alabama over you. So you need to get margin here, and they know it. And this Texas offense is rolling pretty good right now. And then last four games: 33, 29, 26, 57, but 36.25 average in the last four games. Oklahoma State, they last two games they gave up 64 points, and they didn't give them up to Washington and Oregon either. We talking about Houston. I mean, Houston's one of the teams in this. They gave up uh, 30 points plus points. Uh, I don't see Texas, their last game in the Big 12. The Big 12 been kind of picking at them, poking at them. What better way to leave it was to take the trophy with you when you leave. <laughs> We're going to go with the horns here. And the team total of the horns is 34. Take, they, they, they should go over that because they score a lot of points, and Oklahoma State give up a lot of points. Perfect combination. Okay. Uh, Mountain West title game. Boise is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against UNLV. Barry Odom trying to win the league in his first year as the head coach at UNLV. And he's going to do it. They're at home. The place is a buzzing, from what I hear from my friends in the desert about this football team. You know, out there in the desert, you know, it's all about it's all about making money and having fun. You know, it's a party town. What happens there stays there. The only team, local team that got any love was Tartamigan Boys when he was there running that basketball program, winning the the ninety championship. Those teams from the late seventies all the way to the early eighties before he retired and then went to the Spurs. But the place is a buzz for this football team. And Barry Odom, quite frankly, should be national. I, I, would, I would put him in contention of national coach of the year, if not the winner. I mean, you take a five-win team and take them to nine wins in a, in a possible conference championship, that might coach the year material to me. Let me tell you about this program at UNLV. They, this, is only, they, this is the only time, since this is the first time since 1984, they won nine or more games. The last time was 1984. They went 11-2, won the California Bowl. I know you remember that bowl real good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rusty, the old California Bowl. Of course. <laughs> so that's the last time they've been this good. The place is a buzz. They might have a home field advantage, believe it or not, in Las Vegas. So we're going to take the Rebels and Barry Odom 
to win the conference championship. All right, I'm going to save the SEC for last. So let's go to the ACC now. Florida State and Louisville. Florida State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, and Sterling, I saw today there might be rain in Charlotte during this game as well. Rain would be a great help to Louisville if Jordan Travis was playing. Now I think that's just going to help Florida State do what they were going to do in the first place. Rely on that good defense. Tell the maker, just don't turn the ball over. Jeff Brom is in his first year at Louisville. Again, another coach of the year candidate. He took Purdue to the Big Ten Championship last season. First year at Louisville, take them to the ACC championship. Florida State, it took them, it took them all night to cover that number on Florida. And Louisville should be better than Florida. And I like taking a team after they had an embarrassing loss, which they really would really embarrassing, but the loss that hurt them real bad, you know, to the Kentucky, your in-state rival. So we're looking for the Cardinals to bounce back and save some people some trouble or muck it up, whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> Louisville getting the two and a half. All right, the Big Ten game tomorrow night. Michigan, 23 and a half point favorites against Iowa. Usually when you see uh, the, the spread in the total, that close together, we got a 35-point total, a 23-and-a-half-point spread. Well, you take the dog. This two, these two teams played two years ago, 42-3 Michigan. Hmm. The under, first half under for hour, over under for hour, hour is point five, the half of a point. The second half over under is right now. Point five. Listen, folks. Alba doesn't, doesn't score any points. And now they're playing one of the top defenses in the nation. Now, listen. If it don't come in, you can't be mad because it all pointed to it. It's like last week with the two top defenses and it goes over. I mean, that's just football. Sometimes football happens. That's why I still have to go to work every day. Because every ticket is not a winning ticket. That's right. Some of them go on the floor. But in this game right here, I smell the same thing happen. A Michigan blowout. They played Penn State earlier this season. That's the closest comp we have for Iowa. And they got beat 31 to nothing. Without Jim Harbaugh, Michigan is one and five against the spread. With Jim Harbaugh, they five oh and one. And look who's back. Yep. Jim Harbaugh. Michigan, we give it up to twenty three and a half. Okay, and then uh in the afternoon we'll our final college game of the weekend that we're having uh, you pick Sterling. Georgia and Alabama, Georgia five and a half point favorite in the SEC title game at Mercedes Benz. It smells high. So that makes me want to lean Georgia. And then general principle comes in. Nick Saban getting more than a field goal in Alabama. That just, it makes you feel, it makes you feel, I don't know how it makes you feel. It makes you feel like that you own Santa Claus when you get, you and Nick and Bama getting points. Because it don't happen very often. It comes around by as often as Santa Claus come around. Right. Heck, not even that often. More like, more like these eclipses just about to happen. That they got all the hotels booked up in hot springs. But I digress. Yes. We're going to take the candy here in the five and a half. Like I said, normally, when I see a number that I think too big, I go with it. I go with it. I go with it. And that have played that have played out to over sixty percent in my career when I switched over because I used to lose that way. I used to bet the way I think. 
Now I try to switch and see what they try to make me do and not do. But we're going to go with the tide here and, uh, and hope it works. Okay, then we've got uh, three in the National Football League for people on Sunday. Uh, let's start with Denver and Houston. Houston is a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the red-hot Denver Broncos. This is a tough one because you're exactly right about the Broncos being red-hot. Started one-and-five, now six-and-five. The Broncos has really turned things around in Sean Payton from being – a laughing stock. He did all that talking in the off season. He was looking like a real goat, giving up seventy points to Miami. Turn this thing around quickly, and I tell you what. But this doesn't feel sustainable. During this streak, they're plus thirteen in turnovers. That's not only the best in the NFL. That's the best by five. And I've seen these turnovers. It wasn't like it's been schemed up or they've been more physical. than like they're forcing turnovers. It's more of a randomness. It's more like luck. And and that's how Vegas perceives turnovers in the first place. I do not. But that's how they perceive it in the first place. It just doesn't feel sustainable. They're going on the road. The Texans, a good defense, was had a bad showing against Jacksonville. And they're at home, and they had the better quarterback. So we're going to take the Texans and give up the three and a half. All right. Uh, AFC South game here. Colts and Titans and the Colts are two and a half point road favorites. In these spots. And oh, oh Zach, he, he showed like getting games that I would never bet on in my life. That's so right. <laughs> this is what I agreed to. I always take Tennessee in these spots. Just like I always take Pittsburgh in these spots. And I always fade a backup quarterback on the road against a, very, a verbal uh, team. Their defenses always seem to rise to the occasion. What gives me pause is Will Levis. I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan as of right now at this point in his career. But he is going up against a banged-up secondary. And they got the Tennessee defense and Tennessee at home. And this has been a pros Joe's game. And more often than not, not saying that the pros never lose, but the pros are pros. And I consider myself a pro. So I'm going to join the pros. We're going to take Tennessee and take the points. Okay, and then our, our last NFL game, a uh, one of the uh, the Sunday afternoon showcase game in Philadelphia, San Francisco against the Eagles, and the 49ers are a three-point road favorite against the Eagles. This is a real bad spot for the Eagles. They're going through the gauntlet right now. They played the Cowboys, barely won. They played the Chiefs, barely won. They played the Bills, barely won. That game with the overtime. Their defense was on the field for 90 plays. So you would think some fatigue can set in. And the 49ers played on Thanksgiving night. So they have extra rest. And the line kind of tell you which way to go here. They tell you the 49ers. But you got to be careful with whatever book you're playing with. You might, that three-point line, might make some to say, well, I'm just going to take the candy and go with the Eagles. But watch the big, or in other words, the juice. They might have it at 120. So you put up 100 on the Eagles, you're going to lose 120 if it doesn't come in. So you got to watch that kind of thing. They're kind of sneaky about that because you might be thinking you're getting some good points, but they're charging you on the other end. Just, I'm just worried to the wise. Just be careful with it. But this game right here, the 49ers believe the reason they didn't play the Super Bowl last year is because both their quarterbacks got hurt. And they had to play a running back at quarterback at one point. And they're going back to the scene of the crime. They're going to go take care of business, show them who's boss. And we think they can. So we're going to take the 49ers and lay the three. All right. 
So Sterling is on, and we'll put this on Ruskin and Zach on on a Twitter X coming up here in a little bit. But uh, in college, uh, Sterling is on Washington tonight, Alabama, Texas, UNLV, Louisville, and Michigan. And then in the pros, the Titans, the Texans, and the 49ers. Okay. And I got a few things to let the people know about. Here. Okay. Okay. Real quickly. And standing on game, this season, the under is 34 and 13 to the under. In night game this season, this is NFL, it's 29 and 9 to the under. In Sunday night and Monday night game this season, 23 and 3 to the under. Mm. For the last two years, in Monday night and Sunday night games. It's 49-17 to the under. At this end, now listen to this. In the last 35 games, on Sunday night and Monday night, the under has came in 15 straight times. Wow. And 32 out of the last 35 games. Now, you might be saying, well, it's too late to get on this train. And you may be right. But what you can't say, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I told you this earlier this season. I told you this earlier this season. You probably wasn't listening. You have to listen to Ruskin and Zach and listen to what I'm saying. You just can't go on X and just get the picks. You have to listen to the show. Right. You could have wrote this already. I gave these statistics. Early before all this stuff happened, you would have won 15 straight Sunday night, Monday night games, taking it under 15 straight. And listen to Ruska and Zach, especially on Fridays at five. That's right. He makes the picks, and you make the money. ATM. That easy. It's that easy. Yes. All right, Sterling. Happy hunting. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right. You're listening to the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Here to help with all your residential and commercial roofing needs. Call Joey and his team at 479-312-7369 or check them out online at unitedrw.com. Join the local conversation on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 866-285-4005. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. Welcome to McClarty Daniel Country. With six giant locations and over 3,000 vehicles, Northwest Arkansas is McClarty Daniel Country. Stop by one of our showrooms today to shop our full lineup of cars, trucks, and SUVs. McClarty Daniel is proud to be your premier automotive destination. Need service? We work on all makes and models six days a week. Plus, our full-service collision center can repair anything from a minor ding to a major collision. Have you visited McClarty Daniel Country? Visit us online at McClartyDaniel.com. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! All right, it's 531 now on the first day of December. Here on Ruskin and Zach. Zach will be back on Monday. DQ is here uh, with me. We will I'll do the polls here and then we gotta talk about this uh these weird collections. Maybe we've got some people out there who collect odd things, like uh this uh, Florida man that I'm gonna tell you about. Uh here are the unlimited heat and air poll questions today. Alabama or Georgia, who you got? Seventy two percent are on the Bulldogs. Tomorrow, the final SEC championship game on CBS. That's right. It'll be uh, moving to the um, uh, ABC and ESPN next year. So it's the last time for an SEC game. We'll get to hear that uh, that famous song, the SEC on CBS song. It's the last time we'll get to hear it. Can we hear it one more time, DQ, for old time's sake? Oh, sorry. There we go. There it is. Won't hear this on uh, ESPN. 
Last time tomorrow. Last call for Brad and Gary on the SEC on CBS. I'm going to miss this song. I mean, it'll still be around, but it's not on the SEC. But that's uh, tomorrow. Last SEC championship game on CBS. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, Better game planner. Petrino or Musselman? 87% say it's Musselman. Hmm, Interesting. A lot of you love him. You don't believe in him as a better game planner than Eric Musselman. Interesting. 88% and approve of Bobby Petrino. 70% now approve of Sam Pittman. Wow. Is Dak the best quarterback in the NFL right now? 84% say he is not. Sunday nighter, Packers Chiefs at Lambeau. 89% like the Chiefs. Are you happy about the Cody Kennedy news? 94% say they're happy. It's a dangerous game, folks. They could get worse on the offensive line. And what will KJ do? Stay or go? 86% say he will go. And those are the Ruskin and Zach X polls brought to you by Unlimited Heating and Air. Winter weather is coming. Do you think your heating and air system is up to the task? Call Kelly and Larry, the champion heating pros at Unlimited Heating and Air to schedule your heating tune-up and service. 479-225-8809. All righty. Um, DQ, I think this is, a, this is a weird story. It got my attention today. A Florida man is trying to collect a million VHS copies of Titanic. Why? I don't know. He says it's best on VHS. Um, and he uh, loves the movie. He has an ambitious goal of gathering 1 million copies of the movie on VHS. The more people learn about uh, JD's collection, the more tapes he receives. They're coming in by mail all over the world. He says, I checked the P.O. box. I got to fill the car up because there's so much Titanic, baby. (laughs) How many does he have? (laughs) Well, I'm trying to find that here. But that's a, a great question. He's already spent thousands of dollars on this hobby. Um, he says, I will gladly go into debt because it's well worth it. Interesting. We, we have a differing view, J- there, JD, um, on what worth it means. The Titanic is like three hours, 15, 16 minutes. Right. Is it on two tapes? Oh, I don't know if it's, because, a, if it's two. Yeah. Because sometimes it's on two discs because it's so big. Yeah. So I imagine it's not fitting on one tape. Yeah. He, um... This guy has a has a he's a, he's touched in the head DQ. He says I'm trying to get to a million right now. I have two thousand four hundred and sixty seven. Oh God! So he said, and then he said, so we are so close to that one million. Again, we have differing views on what "so close" means, because almost twenty five hundred is not close to a million, <laughs> unless they typed the name the number wrong in here on this uh, on this article. He has twenty four sixty seven. Trying to get a million. So if you've been thinking about what to do with that copy. With the of the old Titanic. That's right, on VHS. VHS. You can send it to JD. Uh, you can look it up on the internet and his P.O. box and everything here. Um, so there you go. Um, he also has the world's largest collection of the Titanic soundtrack on CD. It doesn't say how many he has. But... Um, he says he'll be in the next Ripley's Believe It or Not. I bet with, I would be willing to bet that um, he doesn't need a million to do that. No. He might he might be there right now. Yeah. Or we're being told on the text it is uh, it's on two cassettes. Okay. Okay. So that does make. I just remember it. when we got like the Netflix um when Netflix mm-hmm. sent you discs. Yes. They split it up. Now, what's the strangest thing anybody collects? Text us here, 866-285-4005. And God, I hope it's not anything creepy for both of our sakes here. But this is a very strange thing to collect. A million copies, or that's his goal anyway, of the same movie. So, I don't know. Do you collect anything strange, DQ? Um, No. I just have a lot of, like, trinkets. I see. Or knickknacks, I guess. Tchotchkes. Like a whole shelf that I don't think I could part with a single one. Pieces of flair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't really have any um anything. 
I have, I have, uh, well, it's not Bobby's call sheet, but it is the offensive call sheet from the East Carolina Liberty Bowl when Bobby Petrino was the head coach, which I figure now the university will want to confiscate again since he works here again. But Probably. I have it. I have it. Uh, and I'm not telling you where you it is. You try to sell it to him. It's at an undisclosed location. I'm not telling anybody where it is. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Uh, Preston. I used to collect fountain pens. So he has a collection of fountain pens. He's not actively adding more to the collection, though. Oh, do you think a JD is kind and rewinds, DQ? That's what they used to say at the video stores before you were born. Be kind, rewind. So you would have to turn the tape back in and make sure you rewound it before you oh, okay. turn it back in. Yeah. Or sometimes they would charge you like a couple bucks if you didn't rewind the tape. I remember... Whenever I was at my grandma's, I was always so confused by that, having to rewind the tape. Yeah. And mad that I couldn't watch whatever I wanted to immediately because one of my cousins didn't rewind the tape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's someone with over a thousand Hot Wheels. Okay. okay. I mean, I have like a lot of Lego sets and puzzles, but I don't know if I would necessarily, and I have a lot of. You know, like the Nalgene water bottles? Yeah. I have a lot of those, and I like purposely, anytime I see a new one, I guess I'll get one because they're not really super expensive. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. If I like something, I'll get multiple of it, I guess. Here's one. Krusty collects Victorian-looking dolls that are three feet tall. Oh. Well, he doesn't collect them, but a house he worked on did. Oh, okay. That has to be strange. I Those dolls looking at you, the doll's eye. I see this girl on TikTok. She'll pop up on my feed every so often. She collects the uh, the dandelion color yellow Crayola because mm. it's discontinued. Wow. And she has like a thousand dandelion yellows. I have a, um, like it's not, like, I haven't added it in a while, but I have, I don't know, like 15 hats, like different, yeah. like baseball hats for different things. Um, I try, I was trying to get, um, I even have a Cleveland Indians hat, which they don't have anymore because they're not the Indians anymore. They're the Guardians. I've never worn it. I've been told not to wear it in public. I it would, might have uh, upset people. I oh. would. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it in the, in the, <laughs> in the rack. Keep that one <laughs> at home. But I was going to add, um, like a new era major league hat a year, but I didn't get one this year. So that deal is off. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a hat from like every city I've ever been to, or like a sweatshirt from every place I've ever been to or every college I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. So I guess like stuff like that. Yeah. Here is, um, uh, let's see what we have here. We've got a bunch coming in here. Uh, here's someone trying to collect money, but it's not going well. All right. That's a, a couple people sent that in. Uh, Matt says he has over 100 Razorback hats. That's a lot of Razorback hats. I have, I think, two. Oh, I have more than that. I have probably, two, I I think probably I, have four. I think I have two Razorback hats. Uh, let's see. What does this say here? Um, okay. Um. Uh, here, Guyman in Springdale has a good collection of military uniform patches. That's a pretty cool one. Um, Dan in Mount Ida collects cartoon socks. All right. Uh, what does this say here? Star Wars puzzles, Star Wars Legos, and Star Wars Funko Pops. Collect the Funkos. I used to a lot because we have a we have a little library at the farm, so I would put them on the shelves and I would like get one every single time I went to, anytime I saw one I would buy one basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, JW collects pinup calendars from the forties and fifties and matchbooks. Okay, that's uh, not surprising. Uh, what does this say here? Um, yeah. Oh, someone did the math. Now, I don't know if this is right or not, but our guy collecting the uh, Titanic is one four hundredth of the way to a million. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need right to. Right there. 
He doesn't need to get to a million, I don't think, to break a record. <laughs> yeah. He could stop now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Day Drinking says that Ruskin will be collecting the tears of Razorback fans when the second Bobby tenure comes crashing down. Day Drinking, he's changed. It's not going to happen. He's changed. Haven't you heard? He's changed. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. And then finally, as we wrap this up here on uh, Ruskin and Zach, and we'll tell you what we learned coming up here in a little bit. Oh, I was going to end with the with a crusher, and now I can't find it. Um, Man. Okay, let me read a couple more here. Um, Benny in Barling DQ collects light bulbs. He has over 500 of them. Hmm. JD collects spores, mold, and fungus. That's very good. That's what Egun collected in Ghostbusters, for those of you that uh, that don't know. And um, here is a Jamie in Fayetteville. He collects his emotions and stores them in a truck in his basement. A trunk. Trunk in his basement. It says truck. It's a fine, Jamie. And then finally, uh, Rhett in Missouri checking in. He collects wins over the Razorback. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.